Good morning, Ernie. Good morning, Robbie. Our family is uh, leaving sometime before around eight, so I don't need to pull out at an unpredictable time here. Um, yeah, that's good. That's the theme of this weekend is prioritizing family. So I got uh, I, I had an insight I wanted to share. I was trying to distill it into something I could put in an email, but I was thinking about uh, I think the common. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to characterize the common Bible study, but I think that information uh, is the missing element in discipleship and supplies information. I think um, what I've experienced with DBJ is in part, uh, I think, a, a healthier emphasis on listening to Jesus and uh, letting him speak to us from Scripture in a way that is more true of discovery study than of traditional Bible study. But often discovery Bible study focuses on, um, it looks like Brent just joined us. <clears throat> Brent, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Okay. Oh, hey, Janet. Welcome. Uh, okay, yeah, I see, I see uh, both of you. Uh, well, is Brent, this going to be phone? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah okay. Ernie's just on the phone. I'm actually on the Uber conference as well. But, uh, oh, okay. Because I I can get up the Uber conference too. If you and if you I'm like, gonna... we'll see each other face to face. But, uh, Brent, are you I'm also there? Okay. I'm literally not even on my phone. I'm on my watch. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me now? There we, we go. Hear you, Brent. Brent. Loud and clear. Yeah. So Ernie is Dick Tracy talking to his watch here. <laughs> uh, I was just giving Ernie, trying to distill an insight that I felt like I, the Lord gave me yesterday about the difference between uh, traditional Bible study and the discipling by Jesus. Uh, but there was a, another layer to this. Uh, <clears throat> so the first is that traditional Bible study appears to deal with knowledge and lack of information as the core problem to be solved in making disciples. Um, <clears throat> the the, the uh, DBS, the Discovery Bible Study, looks at the lack of application or obedience. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes the emphasis on obedience reinforces a cultural um, pattern of expectations of what we should be doing that isn't very tied to what Jesus is talking to us personally about. But I, I was thinking, Ernie, that your whole development of this has been a matter of following and listening and obeying Jesus <clears throat> in things that maybe didn't make sense at the time uh, completely, but you had a sense that this was what the Spirit was prompting you to do. But as I was thinking yesterday, it, about this uh, second story that I wrote a question for in the Friday morning uh, review, that uh, there's an element of Jesus's discipling which takes people into experiences outside of their comfort zone, uh, where they discover how much more powerful and capable and loving and knowing he is that uh, frees us from certain things or frees us to, to obey him in a way that we don't 
until we've been out of our comfort zone and see that he's able to be with us there. And as I'm working with another friend on another model of uh, discipleship through Zoom, over Zoom, it struck me that uh, there's an element in most movement training yeah. of getting getting groups out. I'm on my phone, sorry. Yeah, getting groups out of their comfort zone to practice the things that we tend to be uncomfortable doing. Uh, conversation and discipleship. Anyway, I don't know if all that's helpful, but I wanted to get that off my chest before we um, before I run out of time here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Well, Robbie, I like how you articulated that, and I think that that is exactly the direction that I'm going with 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 my little experiment here. Yep. Um, because there are levels even of sharing that don't happen. The most Bible studies have the learning and the sharing is separate, where uh -huh. they where where uh, there's you know, the Bible study itself, and then afterwards you share prayer requests and needs and and all of that. And then that's where deeper relationships get built. But I've always found that model a bit um, lacking and challenged because it really doesn't help people to apply um, at a core level, and especially in the group in real time, the conflicts that they're having. So... Yeah. Conflict in the group actually, as, as you know, teacher and the reader were saying in the TCR, because that was all happening in real time. But you have to be able to get people to resolve the conflict in real time out of their comfort zone to be able to take that into real life. And, uh, and, and that can actually be incorporated into the Bible, in, into the into the uh, Jesus study, uh, I call it. Yeah. Anyway, I like the way you articulated it. Uh -huh. Brent, did you have um, any thoughts? Uh, mostly contrarian. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, any any kind of interaction between people eventually turns into shoulds and sense of responsibility and uh, a shading of guilt that if you're not set holding up to the standards, I don't know that, that we can say exclusively that the Jesus study uh, doesn't produce that. Uh, sense of, oh my gosh, I'm falling behind, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, uh, uh, you know, I think it's, I think to talk about it and try and aim for it is not a bad thing. I'm just saying I'm, I'm sitting here somewhat skeptical. Uh, but of course, I've only had one cup of coffee and I ran out of time to get my second one before we started. So yeah, I'm seeing uh, Robbie drink <laughs> something and I'm feeling very jealous. So, you know, that's my right, we have grace. We we have grace for you to go and get another cup of coffee if that's what you need to be fully present <laughs> with us. I'm just kidding, but but uh, <laughs> the other stuff was true, so accurate or reflective or whatever in real time. Hold on one second. 
Anyway, I didn't, I didn't know you were on the phone call. Uh, yeah. Or at least joined us yet. I'm on the video too. On the video too. See, that's what I miss is I should be on the video too. Well, if you move your cursor around, the control bar com comes up from the bottom on my desktop. But of course, I'm on a Mac. I don't know what happens on other ones. And then you have the this video camera you can click to let yourself join. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's helpful for me to not to be, treat this as a phone call because that way I don't feel, again, this whole thing of guilt and shame is interesting, right? Like if it's a Zoom call, I feel bad for not being on video because I think of this in my mind as a phone call. I can walk right. around, play with the dogs, get my kids up and not feel like I'm, um, uh, um, um, What's the word? Mm. Wimping out, I guess. Or technology. You're not technologically yeah. dependent. And that is a, a beautiful thing about these efforts that sounds like we've got a little subgroup of people who are trying to say, how can we do more effective Bible study, discovery Bible study, Jesus Bible study in technology? And one is to say, uh, we, we've got to remember the encumbrance of the technology. Zoom, I have to sit here in front of the thing. Uh, uh, or if I went on by phone, you know, mo most people don't use Zoom on their phones. But uh, I equip mo seniors in my Sunday school class. You know, I'm, I'm moving towards having to get people set up on Zoom because they don't have uh, desktops or notebooks or, you know, they have phones. So. Anyway, it's a good point. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, I would make it even more general. I sometimes like to use the word technique because yeah. all technique, all technology is, is, is really just the study of technique. And, yeah. you know, having a Bible, having a hymnal, those are all techniques. Uh, having a video that we watch, these are all techniques. And I think the, the, the uh, there's two kind of meta points I was thinking about. One is that um, with DBJ, you know, even though I'm glad where we ended up with a, a format that we're not embarrassed by, uh, the goal really is to tell people, and you know, I think Janet's really exemplifying this, like this is just a technique, a form. Find a technique that does not get in the way of what you feel God wants you to accomplish, right? And the technique yeah. should never be the master, it should be the servant. And you know, if we just accomplish that as a mindset, that I think would be uh, significant. Um, but the other thing that I was thinking about uh, with what Robbie said is it's actually a little bit deeper for me than that because the, I realized, and this was kind of my big epiphany the last season of The Great Reset, is that I was viewing, um, I was viewing things through the frame of the law and that the goal of getting closer to Jesus is so we could do a better job of obeying the law of fulfilling the social obligations upon me, of having the kind of character that I wished I had for myself. And the real revolution that, that, that kind of led me into DBJ was that I think I have that backwards. The point of obedience is to grow closer to Jesus. So I wanna practice obedience, I wanna learn things, I want to uh, purify myself, so that I can get closer to Jesus, so I can understand him better, enjoy fellowship with him, intimacy with connection with him, et cetera. Not, as often happens in our moral therapeutic deism, getting closer to Jesus so I can obey better. And I think that's a, that's a endemic uh, 
cultural strain within the Christianity I at least grew up with that is quite hard to root out. And so that's what I'm personally trying to work through in this context is creating that uh, grace-centric rather than law-centric perspective. Did that make any sense to you, Robbie? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, a variety of thoughts. Well, I, I recently came across the verse, love is the fulfillment of the law. And um, I, <laughs> I I don't know if you know who Wolfgang Simpson is or uh, Victor Chaudhry. Victor Chaudhry leads a movement of many millions in India. Wolfgang's yeah. in uh, Germany. Uh, Wolfgang's the guy you sent, uh, was, was that the same Wolfgang you sent me some PDFs by, or is that a different? Yeah, yeah. So okay, your, yeah. Your, your response skimming his PDF was this looks like uh, law or obedience or legalism. I don't remember the phrase exactly, but um, the uh, so one one thing I've been thinking is that uh, you can you can pursue obedience without love. You can be you know motivated by fear or whatever else, or just a sense to do uh, feeling good about yourself, doing the right thing. But I don't think you can have uh, love for parents or love for God without obedience. Uh, and I just finished listening through the scripture a second time this uh, this morning. I just finished my second time listening to scripture this year. And I was struck this time by how many places in scripture it does talk about obedience. But I think the, the emphasis of scripture is the heart obedience. The obedience of faith is a phrase that comes out maybe in Acts or somewhere in the New Testament. Uh, a number of the priests were obedient to, uh, no, yeah, were obedient to the faith. Um, but there's also the obedience of faith. <clears throat> and our goal in uh, one of Paul's letters is um, love that comes from a pure heart. Oh, okay, let me not go too far on faulty memory. But the, uh, the, there's something about uh, hearing and following Jesus that is a matter of obedience. And again, I think you were experiencing that in the development of DBJ and doing things at a sense of prompting that you obeyed, even if you couldn't rationally frame out why you were supposed to do it this way. <clears throat> and I think the scripture is full of these kinds of things, like when Peter puts out into deep water to let down the net or throws it on the right side of the boat, or um, Ananias goes to talk to this guy Saul, who's been trying to imprison uh, believers. And so there's a level of obedience, but I think in Christian culture deteriorates to a, a, a series of shoulds, depending on your particular denomination or uh, church background, that there's a culturally embraced set of shoulds that become a legalism, that if, if our obedience is focused on that, instead of hearing and following Jesus, that we're, uh, we get stuck in something that isn't what Jesus intended. Am I connecting yeah, I mean, with you? Yeah, I think we're, you're close. I think the point for me is that <clears throat> following a Jesus, growing closer to Jesus, involves obedience. Yes. But it is not about obedience. In particular, yes. <clears throat> if I follow Jesus and fail to obey because of incompetence or sin or whatever, but I'm still following, that's a success. Right? So Peter, yep. Yep. following of Jesus and the gospel is full of disobedience. Yep. And yet it's successful because the goal isn't, right? The goal is not perfect obedience. Right. Obedience is a tool to bring us closer to Jesus. 
And attempting to obey is even better because, and this is the other thing that, you know, I, I really had a hard time seeing in DBS, which is great. Yeah. Is, you know, I'm sure it's there, but it's hard to see in the format. And that to me is like the goal is actually to try to obey and fail so we receive grace where we need it. That's the, that's the vision. Yeah. All right. I think I may have to go run. Yeah. Hold on. So I may or may not be able to come back. Yeah. Well, we're, we can going? keep recording the thoughts. The For me, the new piece this morning was that. So lack of information or understanding of who Jesus is or what God's up to is clearly an obstacle to somebody being a disciple, and that does need to be addressed with information. Uh, the hearing Jesus and relating to him in a way that we can obey um, promptings, not just principles, is another element. And I think DBJ has carried us toward uh, that. Uh, as I'm looking with Doug Lucas at helping him pilot something he's calling T-groups, I'm thinking about another dimension, which is like Peter saying, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to step out of the boat. And uh, the walking on the water and that experience that uh, Jesus it carries, as, the, as a group, Jesus carries the disciples out of their comfort zone. Um, but he also uh, leaves in their hands, to some degree, how far out of the comfort zone they step. And that uh, part of walking with Jesus is letting him lead us out of our comfort zone into things, into ways particularly that help us to express his kingdom and multiply disciples and be fruitful and effective witnesses. And as I'm anticipating this experience with my friend Doug, I'm thinking, I think this is where the disciple movement training uh, really shines, is not the hearing the promptings of the Holy Spirit, like what DBJ maybe gives more emphasis to, but um, stepping out of the boat in ways that uh, remove some of the barriers. I'm a... I'm a um, a shy person, I feel like a shy person when it comes to these areas of uh, being a witness for Jesus, of making disciples, of leading others into that obedience. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm perceiving at this moment that this is something else that is a piece of the larger picture of what God's doing as we see 1,500 movements started around the world in the last 30 years, most of them in the last couple of years. I'll stop there. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I think there's really, that's one of the other insights I think I gained during this season was that there is a place for information so people have the right concepts. There is uh -huh. a place for training so people have the right skills. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for modeling the, the people and, and modeling Jesus in particular so we gain the right values. And it's easy to over-index in any one of those and not uh, pay attention to what people need to keep moving forward. The thing that struck me this morning and last night is that, you know, as I look at how Jesus worked with the disciples, uh, for me, taking them out into an experience where they lost control and they saw God's power, uh, I think is very foundational to the transformation from unschooled ordinary men into what, uh, you know, unsettled the Roman Empire and the, the Jewish leadership.
Well, yeah. Bobby, it's really foundational to the um, strategy that God has for bringing us back into fellowship himself, because he's saying that in this broken and dying world, we have to love our enemies in order yeah. to be able to in the kingdom. Because that's where love really, really plants the seeds for 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 the kingdom living and peace. Yep. So Jesus Jesus involved a group in stepping together out of their comfort zone. And I'm uh, now I'm starting to look at movement trainings as one way that groups gain that kind of experience together um, that goes beyond just the interaction in the group. And that's what I'm looking forward to with Doug Lucas here. Sorry, next Wednesday. Yeah, so I think this is probably a good place to wrap up because you're going to be uh, disappearing <laughs> and I need to as well. And I yeah. think that, you know, we, we've had this amazing experience as a group. Thank you to Janet and Brent for walking with us through this season. Um, yep. And, you know, Brent has uh, his own uh, cross to bear with his church and his Sunday school group. So we may not be seeing much of him for a while, but I'm sure our paths will overlap again. And well, Ernie, what I'd just like to say is that, you know, I, I would be happy to be a sounding board to kind of hear where you guys were going and ask questions if you find that useful as time goes on. So I especially want to see the content of the sophomore year. Uh, I'm very interested in that too. So, you know, while I may not be able to be in each program, I'd like to kind of be a fly on the wall or whatever. Okay. So like if we do these uh, debriefing calls, I can keep you on the, so, yeah. yeah, like, so I, this is really Jubilee for me. Like I am cutting all obligations and saying like, we did this. It was good. God was in it. And I'd like to do it again, but I don't know what God wants yet because I got to yeah. figure out what he's doing in my family keep and in the group. Keep me in the loop. And so I'll keep you in the loop. Yes. Thank you, Brent. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to keep that because I know Janet has some plans. She's working on with Robbie. So there's definitely something going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And everything else is in God's hands. As I told Ross, is like, you know, I have no idea what to do, uh, but that's like a problem for three days from now. And the way, at the rate God is working, I'll be a different person three days from now, and it'll be obvious to me then. So I'm, t I'm totally content waiting and just focusing on today. Right. But this, this is the end of an epic. Um, so thank you. Any last thoughts before we pray and close? Well, I was just going to mention, Brent, that uh, what Janet and I are currently anticipating is she's going to incorporate insights from her work with Gary Sweeten on the apples of gold kinds yeah. of material. And um, my wife has agreed to be part of the group. Uh, uh, if we have a very small group, she said no more than four or five. She doesn't like larger Zoom groups. And I can understand her uh, feeling about that. Uh, so I'm very excited to have her come with me through this, and that'll be good. I'm also interested if you have another couple of minutes uh, and, I, and I don't get pulled off before then uh, in any further contrarian thoughts you want to offer on kind of that framework I was talking about, about information and uh, listening, but also the experience and how we need to somehow incorporate that in our discipleship and how the movement trainings do a little more of that side of things. Had I made sense? Did it resonate, or do you still have yeah, some? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can, I, can, I can go for a few more minutes. That's fine, Ernie. You yeah. need you have to go, and I don't know.
not necessarily. So uh, I may get pulled out in five minutes, but you guys can keep talking and. Well, regarding your 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 model, I, I think it's really good to sign to try and distinguish not not from a standpoint of ours is better than or you know is is simply to say what what makes yours different. Well, one of the things is that we try and do this. I th I think you know I I I, I always uh, uh, like to marvel and wonder about things with people because it's such a, a disarming process. If I'm yeah. wondering about the, I wonder what the impact would be on us if we were to say to Jesus, uh, if if this is really you, call me and tell me to get out of the boat. And yeah. and you know, from that perspective, that marveling or wondering says it's an invitation. It's not a command. It's not a guilt trip. Yeah. It's it's simply yeah. that kind of thing. And I've been I've been incorporating that into my Bible studies for years and kind of want to do it with these uh, 65 seniors that I'm relating to that, you know, and say, you know, how you guys, we're not done yet. You know, yeah. we may be in fourth quarter. We may be getting close to the two minute warning. We may be in the one minute warning. We may be actually in overtime, but, but we're not done yet. We're not dead yet. We're, we're, there's lots of things we can do. And, and my big theme for these guys is we're going to pray. And uh -huh. I, I, I told the staff when I asked them to come in over the next <laughs> six weeks, I, I said, our class is going to pray the heck out of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, okay. and, uh, and, but, you know, okay, but what, what else can we do? You know, I, I wonder what it would be like if, you know, if you said, wow, I got this really important concept out of this, uh, of the sermon today. And, and you just shared uh, 25 words with somebody, you know, and I say that to people. And, you know, I got I got these old guys Bible study that I do and they go, oh, yeah, you know, I could do that and stuff. You know, I wonder what it would be like if if instead of trying to witness for to somebody directly, since you since we're so afraid of that, I wonder what it would be like instead to say, hey, you know, I'm going to be praying later today. Is there anything I can pray for you? You know, you want me to set you up with anything? You know? And oh, yeah, I could do that. You know, and, and so <clears throat> this whole process facilitated that because I think it's. It is a wondering. We wondered around these uh, the 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 trope uh, passages and saw how how Peter wondered around, how Peter didn't understand, how the disciples screwed up, how they did this and how they did that. And so we got dirty with them. We, you know, I can almost smell the fish yeah. on my on my on my clothes. You know, because why? Because we were sitting there in the boat with them and stuff. So for me. This disciple discipling by Jesus is is really trying to, uh, in effect, uh, the narrative is we're walking with Jesus through these things, and we're, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, and I, I wonder if I think differently if I had if I hadn't done this in the context of watching various seasons of The Chosen. I don't know uh, because the Chosen yeah. really opens us up to uh, a, a, a live, uh, uh, in a way that I haven't had before. Uh, right. of, of being with Jesus. I mean, that's one of the geniuses of that, that show. <clears throat> the other genius is that the, the Mormons allowed them to come in and use their super duper uh, set wow. and didn't wow. put any restrictions on them. That's, that's just weird. But, wow. you know, uh, I, uh, you know, following and listening and, and, and obeying, you said the obeying the spirit prompting. See, that's another critical thing. There's one thing that uh, Spirit, Spirit Walk 
that I have really benefited from. It's been the whole prompting stuff, the SWAP, the P, the prompting. Yeah. Lord, if that's you, Lord, I, you know, Lord, if that's you is almost like a fleece. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that we just say, hey, you know, this is hard. We're, you know, it, one of my mentors would say his favorite say, one of his favorite sayings was, if not triumphantly, then somehow. And, uh -huh. the idea, and he'd also say, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. And, you, you know, we all say, well, and he'd say, no, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. If it's worth doing, it's worth murdering it. If language is important to reach yeah. somebody, then it doesn't matter how well you do it. It's that you're doing it. And so that's right. all in this same family of, of stuff that I think we're trying to get at. We're trying to say to these weird people, guys, you still have a task. You, there's still an opportunity. Don't feel left out. Don't yeah. feel that you can, you know, and... and uh, you know, so I mean, Mike, I'm not sounding very contrarian right right now, but I, I just, you know, it's easy to see how obedience, which is a good thing, is distorted, I think, by the devil and turned into an ought to thing. And right. Stuff. So I'm still here. I'll turn off the video. I'm going to be talking to myself in a minute. No, no. Yeah, I'm but I here. like what you, Brent. You know what I'm, I? I also wanted to ask you is is that um what uh what i'm doing i could also use a, a sounding board and so um because it's exper it's kind of experimental what i'm doing is i'm starting with 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 jesus and his parables and i also want to add a little bit of context with it to take us back into the the original setting and and his message his original message uh, yeah, Janet, um, I'd be happy to. I mean, I'm familiar with what's with Gary's work and Apples of Gold, and I think to yeah. build up from that is is a is a great idea. I think the genius, one of G Gary's things that he did was he took counseling out of this professional therapeutic element and turned it into a a, a, a self development group development process. And Apples of Gold is a really nice. Uh, way of of saying that there are keys things in in the way we relate that we can use and and build up better so um yeah you know i'd be ha I, I i don't mind being a sounding board i don't want to take on that yeah i will be i will be a respondent per se a sounding board for me is somebody who says okay present the issue and the, let's throw it up on the wall and see what it looks like and then i may or may not be able to help you with any next steps but I can certainly point you into some things to wonder about. Does that make sense? That's all I would want because I understand uh, sounding boards, uh, even you know, with boundaries, are that uh, are, are that you know we work it out as as clearly as we can, and then throw it out for you know for for extra feedback if you can or, or yeah. if you are yeah. or aren't available for it. And it's but it's the more idea of being equivalent. able to share these ideas. Yeah. And then you might see something like that we're doing, and it goes like, and the light goes on. Aha! You know, yeah, I work. Yeah, uh, yeah, I work best with by listening to what everybody else is doing, and 
and trying something innovative, you know, kind of like what, what Ernie's doing. Anyway, I appreciate sounding your help. Board, and your... Yeah, no, sounding board is much more democratic or equivalent. Vis-a-vis could say, oh, would you mentor me? You know, no, you know, I'm not, mentoring is, yeah, you know, here's the sage and everything, but the sounding board is is much more of, let's get together and talk about this regularly. So yeah, well, if you're available even to do that, that would be that would be grateful. No, it's not about mentoring. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think I think uh, it'd be fine to ask ask me anytime, and I'll see what I when I can give you some time. You know, hey, can we talk yeah. today? No, I can talk Thursday though, or uh, can we talk <laughs> Saturday after the thing? Well, not this Saturday, you know, and stuff like that. It's all of so that. Yeah. What be- would it be helpful to keep this on the calendar for next Saturday, just so we have a touch point where we can kind of see where what everyone's up to? I'd like to hear where your jubilee has taken you, because after you know you got three days to just be clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you know. No, no, yeah, no. It's, it's okay. So I'll keep this on the calendar, and that sure. way, you know, we'll obviously we're on the chat thread as well, and we can uh, touch base, but. Uh, it sounds like there's still some uh, some suspenseful, like, what happens next questions that we're all curious about. So let's keep this conversation going as long as the Lord leads. Robbie, did you disappear? Uh, I, I'm from the video, but not the audio. Okay. Yeah, well, I've, I've got to get off. There's a vacuum cleaner that's been sitting in the hall for three days, and I think the hints are getting really obvious okay. now. So if you have the yeah, tightest time pressure, how about you pray, Brent? Okay. Father, thank you so much for uh, these friendships that, that hopefully uh, we know will continue because we're committed to that. I just ask that you continue to help us to think deeper about these things. Thank you for the vision and insight you give. Thank you for the the uh, the iron sharpening iron that is going on. Hey, here. I really appreciate that with these with the four of us together. And I just know that that you've got some really exciting things up your sleeve. And uh, we just want to honor you. And uh, as we wander around and try and figure out how we can follow you uh, more or less successfully so that we can uh, become uh, obedient and uh, obedient in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, Goodbye. God bless. See you. Bye, everybody.